You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, animal advocate, writer, and human companion to Max A. Pooch, the canine superhero to the environment and admirer of animal advocates. Max and I thank you for joining us, and we dedicate this show to those amazing people who work to save the lives and or improve conditions of companion, domestic, or wild animals. You know, anyone who has adopted a companion animal owes a debt of gratitude to the animal advocates who rescued, sheltered, cared for, transported, or worked somehow on behalf of that pet. Max A. Pooch was left at an animal control facility when he was just six months old. Amazingly, if it hadn't been for what a celebrity animal advocate did way back in 1928, it's likely that this canine superhero to the environment would have been one of the estimated 5,000 pooches a day that are euthanized in this country for no greater sin than not having a home. The animal advocate to whom I was referring was part of one of the best-known dance teams in the early 20th century. She was so well-known that the famous Fred Astaire and the beautiful Ginger Rogers made a movie about her in 1939. The name of this awesome animal advocate is Irene Castle, who in 1928 founded Orphans of the Storm Animal Shelter in suburban Chicago. Today, that organization is one of the largest and oldest animal rescues in the country and is the group that rescued Max from animal control. Our guest today is Jackie Brochu, Director of Development and Community Outreach for Orphans of the Storm. When we return, right after these messages, Jackie will share with us some of the interesting facts about celebrity animal advocate Irene Castle and how Orphans of the Storm has grown and what it takes to successfully operate a large animal rescue shelter. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail-wagging, fur-flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Pet Life Radio. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates, and welcome to Jackie Borshu, the Director of Development and Community Outreach for Orphans of the Storm. Thank you for joining us today, Jackie. Thank you, Keith. It's a great opportunity. Well, I tell you, Max was really happy that when I told him you were going to be our first guest, because of course, Orphans holds a special place in his heart. But, you know, can you tell us a little bit about the founder, Irene Castle? And why she even bothered to open uh, Animal Rescue way back in 1928? Absolutely. Our shelter has a rich history, and Irene Castle was our founder in 1928. Before that, her and her husband Vernon were known as a famous dance team and trendsetters. And they would dance before the heads of state in Europe in the day, and people would follow their trends and their fashion statements that they would make. But when they moved back into the United States, they ended up in, on the uh, vaudeville circuit, where they would dance, and there's a very interesting story in her um, her biography about one night there was a uh, bear act that followed theirs, and the bear didn't perform quite like he should, and so the master was whipping the bear backstage. So she went to the bear master, and she said, how much do you want for that bear? And as an animal lover that she was, she spent all of their money that they made that week, bought the bear, put it in a cab, and took it over to Lincoln Park Zoo. So she was always an animal lover, and when she got her chance in 1928, she found this little piece of property out in uh, Lake County and founded her country refuge, as she would call it back then. Okay, and for our audience, Lake County is a north suburb in a collar county of uh, Chicago. Absolutely, just north of Cook County, Illinois, where, you know, that houses um, the city of Chicago. So each week she would um, get in her truck and she would drive down to the city and pick up the, uh, the stray dogs, which she referred to as the mongrels, that nobody wanted. And uh, she would bring them out here and they'd have a safe place to live. In fact, in her book, I would, she has a biography that she wrote, and um, it was very interesting. And one of the last chapters in the book, it's all about Orphans of the Storm. And if you could, I'll read this one little paragraph. It's quite entertaining. Okay, go ahead. We'd love to hear okay. it. This is from her autobiography called, uh, titled Castles in the Air. And she says, if I am remembered 100 years from now, I hope it will not be as a dancer or as a style leader. For customs change from generation to generation, and the exponents of fashion eventually become footnotes in a book on a shelf. No, I think if my life has any lasting value, it is in the career I entered in 1928 with Helen Swift when we opened Orphans of the Storm. Our idea was a simple one. We were going to found a refuge for stray dogs, the mongrels that nobody wanted. We would bathe them, cure them, and make them available for adoption, making sure they only went to very good homes. So that's, wow. That sort wow. of says it, huh? It sure does. Uh, tell me, Jackie, how long did she support orphans? It sounds like she was really a, a dedicated animal advocate. You know, in 1928, she actually passed away in 1969, but several years before that, she had pretty much retired. And um, at that time of her death, the shelter was not in the best shape that it could have been. And it was in 1969 then that we really needed someone to step up and take over and build this place back up. And um, the board of directors at that time searched far and near, and they came across, uh, they were led to a woman, Thelma Zwerner, who had moved here from New York. 
Now, she was an acclaimed animal activist in New York as uh, president of the um, Westchester County Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And this was the suburbs of New York City where she made a huge difference and would um, went all out for the animals there, making quite a history for herself there. But she had come to Chicago, so Orphans was very lucky to find her. So Thelma took over, and um, this is where the real history of um, of our shelter, of today's shelter starts with Thelma Zorner. Wow. I have a question. When Irene Castle started this, I mean, were organizations like Orphans norm, or was this a new concept or a beginning of a trend? Well, actually, in the city of Chicago, there was one other group that had started in 1899. This is when a group of women got together, and they turned their attention to the forgotten group of suffering creatures, the city's animal population. And, um, I was just reading about them the other day, and it said that for their goal in 1899, they formed the first animal welfare group in the city, and it was known as the Anti-Cruelty Society, which um, still is around today running strong. And their goal was to suppress cruelty to animals, to educate the public on humane treatment, and to create a refuge for strays, which they did, and um, you know they still do that today. That's amazing to think way back then that, because uh, I think many times we think it's a relatively recent trend. What do you believe Irene would say today to those animal advocates who wish to follow in her footsteps? I think she'd be very proud of what's going on and um, with the progress that we've made. But also, she would clearly see that there's a lot yet to be done. You know, we have a long way to go educating everyone about spay and neuter and the overpopulation of unwanted pets. It's still a problem today. That seems amazing. Now, where do you get your dogs from? Locally okay. or? Well, you know, Orphans of the Storm, um, ever since it started, we've taken in the uh, strain, abandoned, abused, and neglected of Lake County, and of uh, we reached down into Northern Cook County. Not so much from the city anymore as it was founded, but there's a big need in uh, Lake County. Now, people think that when they can't keep their dog anymore, they can just drop it off to us. And that is not the case. People may relinquish their pets when they absolutely have to to their animal control facility in their town, but all of our animals come through animal control agencies. So if there's a stray, abandoned dog, cat, running loose on the streets in Lake County, more than likely it's going to end up with us. After Uh. the animal control facilities held it for the uh, required amount of time to give the owners that chance to find, you know, relocate that pet, when that has not happened... They, um, they're brought to us. Yes, uh, Max A. Pooch was relinquished and uh, at six months to uh, an animal control facility. Tell me something. I'm not sure of this, but I've heard that people mistakenly will relinquish an animal thinking that because they relinquished it, it's automatically saved at the facility. But somebody told me that that animal actually may be uh, put down sooner because it was relinquished. Oh, no, 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 no. Every animal that arrives gets even fair treatment here. Every animal that makes it to our door gets evaluated. No, 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 I I mean before it gets to your door. Oh, you mean at animal control? Yeah. Well, the animal control facilities and agencies that we work with, every animal is brought to us. So that would not be a concern. And that's wonderful. Max A. Pooch, yeah, he went through the system just like all the rest. and, uh, And look at his life now. And he's making such a statement for other dogs. Wow, that, dogs. You know, the possibilities. I have a question, Jackie. Are you a volunteer for Orphans of the Storm? Hey, good question. I was a volunteer for Orphans of the Storm for my first five years. This job is not what I intended. 
things happen in life and you end up uh, doing things that you never never really thought about or planned. Um, I was a graphic designer. I had just designed new signs for the town of Riverwoods that the animal shelter is in. And uh, I had worked closely with the mayor of Riverwoods on that. And those signs were up and it was a successful project. But this animal shelter in this town needed a sign. They had an old, old sign that was falling apart. And um, one day the mayor called me and said, I'd like you to come over to Village Hall. I've got someone to meet. And um, he put me and the volunteer president of the shelter in a room together and said, you two talk. You know how to do signs, and he needs one. So I came into the shelter. I did their new identity, did the new sign, started working on the shelter papers, started volunteering, expanding the uh, fundraising uh, mailings from two to four a year, started an annual dinner. And um, after five years, it just sort of became a job. Then this is my seventh year as uh, director of development. Wow. Tell me, how many hours were you spending when you were a volunteer, Jackie? <laughs> you know, probably probably more than I should. But you know what? There was a big opportunity here. Things really needed to be done. And uh, not as far as the animals. The animals are being taken care of. But there are other areas. You know, let's get the word out. Let's start signing up volunteers. Let's get off-site adoption events going. Let's start educating the children. Let's get into the schools. Let's get to that kid before the neighbor down the street who's dog fighting does and show them the value of um, these pets. Wow. So, so I had a lot of ideas, and luckily that the uh, volunteer president, who is Thelma's son, took over. He, and he's been here since 1994 when um, Thelma passed on. Uh, he took over as volunteer president, and he's been wonderful to work with. And um, together, I've been able to put a lot of my ideas into place. Great, great. We need to take a break for commercials right now, Jackie. Mm -hmm. And uh, our audience, make sure you stay with us so you can learn more about the fascinating story of Orphans of the Storm and what's happening today when we return. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson, music to your ears. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, 
tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com Hi, we're back with Jackie Borshu of Orphans of the Storm. Tell me, Jackie, out of curiosity, do you have any idea how many dogs and cats may have been adopted since Irene founded Orphans of the Storm in 1928? Hey, that's a good question, and I could never give you an exact number, but I can tell you it's hundreds of thousands of animals. And the way we like to say it is, think about the hundreds of thousands of families who would never have known the love of a secondhand pet if not for Orphans of the Storm. You know, thousands of animals come through the shelter each year. We adopt out on average 2,500 animals. Wow, 2,500 a year. Mm-hmm. About how many cats and dogs do you have housed at Orphans uh, at any well, one time waiting for adoption? You know, it varies, but our maximum capacity is 200 dogs and around 500 cats. Today, we are at about 130 dogs and probably close to that 500 cats. So, of course, the dogs adopt out faster than the cats, and the cats come in faster than the dogs. So, uh, luckily, we've got our big cat room here with 150 to 200 cats living freely, where people can visit them every day, and the cats actually live a pretty good life here. Yeah, I was amazed. I took my granddaughter out there to uh, adopt a cat. Her mother had given us permission, and uh, uh, we went in the cat room, and it's it was just amazing how many just beautiful cats were there, and they just were so friendly and just looking for a home. You know, it and really I, is. Yes, it, it is. And I'm glad you bring that up because people, for some reason, think shelters are, you know, are sad and, you know, just not nice places to go. But it's quite the opposite. There are 25, in fact, think of this, 25% of the dogs that come through an animal shelter are purebred dogs. There is really no reason to go to a breeder and bring another life into this world when you can find a full breed puppy at an animal shelter. You know, if people would only think about saving a life before even going to a pet store and fueling the puppy mill industry. There are so many opportunities and so many options at an animal shelter. You know, just the cat room alone. Any type of cat that you can you have in mind, you can find there. You know, um, talking to some of my neighbors, it seems like a lot of people believe that animals at rescues have a lot of baggage and if they were any good would never have ended up at places uh, like Orphans of the Storm. What do you have to say to uh, people who think that? Well, I would say, first off, they need to walk into Orphans of the Storm and take a look. But there are many reasons why animals end up at an animal shelter. Besides being lost or straying away from their home and their family's not able to find them, think of all the families, especially in the past few years, that have fallen on hard times. You know, maybe losing their home, having to move into an apartment, losing their job, can't afford, you know, that one more mouth to feed. So they've been forced to relinquish their pets. These animals are fully trained, housebroken, wonderful pets that we know are great with other children, great with other dogs. So you can find perfect animals at an animal shelter. 
That's what happened to us. We went out looking for that cat, and we ended up with Max a pooch. We had been thinking of getting a dog, and uh, he was there, and it was love at first sight. And uh, his only problem is he never had any training. I think he was probably someone who bought a cute roly-poly little puppy somewhere and, and all of a sudden ended up with an adolescent lab, black Labrador retriever, mm-hmm. and weren't ready to take care of him. And, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Yeah, we get a lot of dogs like that too. That um, that nobody cared enough to uh, train them, go that extra bit. But you know what? If there's somebody for every one of these dogs, if you're not ready to do the training, find a dog that's already trained. If you are the person who has the time and the energy to do it, we've got the dog waiting for you. You know, there's something else that we've started recently. Last year, for these hard to adopt, you know, high energy dogs that have not been trained at all. We found that when we pull them out, when someone's interested, the potential adopter wants to walk the dog and get to know it, but these dogs are too crazy on the leash, and it's really, uh, we see that the people give up too quick. They'll give it a couple of minutes, oh, this dog's too crazy. No, no, I'll go look at another one. So these dogs ended up sitting in those kennels for periods of time. Well, we got an idea to start up our uh, Tyler Fund, and Tyler was the first recipient. little dog that came in as a puppy grew to be two years old, solid muscle, no one could control him. We sent him up to Topps Kennel, and uh, in this new program, he spent five weeks. He never came back, adopted straight from um, postings on Facebook about his training and pictures, and now three other dogs have gone through the training. So that's how we deal with those you know, crazy wild dogs. Yeah, I can see that. We probably wouldn't have adopted Max if I hadn't been in a situation where I could take the time because I knew he was a project dog. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good advice is that anytime people adopting a dog, always make sure that that animal is suitable to the environment the adoptees are going to give them. Right, right. And we've got a wonderful staff here that helps every potential adoption and every adopter individually. And if you come on uh, the weekends to visit, we've got greeters now. So everyone gets personal attention and gets that extra help so they're matched up with the right dog. If someone comes in here and they're looking at a dog and it's obvious this is not the right dog for you, we'll talk about it because there's a perfect dog here for everyone. You mentioned you had greeters. Are these volunteers? And uh, is it common for organizations like yours to have volunteers? Mm -hmm. It's very common and it's very needed, especially with with not-for-profit groups. You know, we don't have the uh, funds to expand our staff as, you know, the work grows or the demand for our help grows. If I were a listener and I had a little time and I wanted to volunteer, what kind of things could I do for an organization like yours? Well, the big thing where most volunteers start is at our off-site adoption events. We do over 130 days each year where we take the animals out into the community. And we found that when we take the animals out of the shelter, adoptions go up at the shelter. So if anyone's interested in joining us in, to volunteer, they can go to our website, which is www.orphansofthestorm.org, and there is a volunteer registration form on there. They can fill that out, agree to the waiver, which basically says, I understand I might get scratched by a cat or, you know, whatever, and submit that online. Once they do, they're added to our volunteer database, and they will start receiving the call for volunteer emails at the beginning of each week. And people, you know, don't be nervous if, oh, I've never done volunteering with an animal shelter before, because we all just learn as we go, and we've got very experienced volunteers as team leaders at these events. They're fun. People that start usually continue, and it really makes a difference for the animals. Each individual person is making their own difference. What other kind of things can a volunteer do? Well, once uh, they've done a few of the off-site events, they may graduate into the shelter and go through our shelter dog handling class. 
Uh, once you've got that under your belt, then you're ready to start walking dogs at the shelter. Uh, right now, we've got over 50 trained dog walkers that come during the week and walk the dogs. You know what I see is these volunteers that really are hungry for this, they find their niche. We've got volunteers that take the photos of every animal that goes on our website. We've got a volunteer, retired professor who writes the bios. Oh, my goodness. We've got so many volunteers, volunteers in the cat room that come and just groom the cats and trim their nails. There's a lot of things to do here to be one-on-one with the animals. You know, it makes you feel good and it makes the animals happy. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, you know, when you start talking about that for a, a rescue organization, it really takes a lot of people to make things happen, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. It takes a team. And, um, you know, if you've got a passion for animals, this is a place to be. There's all kinds of not-for-profit groups that you can volunteer for. This is just one choice, and uh, we do need the people. Some critics might ask, how, with all the human suffering that occurs in the world, can one advocate for animals? Shouldn't we put humans first? Well, you know what? I found, I thought you might ask this question because I get asked this a lot, and I thought it might be appropriate to read this paragraph out of uh, Irene Castle's autobiography about this. She says, uh, here's what she wrote. In her book it says, someone is asking her, why don't you campaign against cruelty to children? They insisted. Why don't you organize a charity to feed the poor starving people of Chicago or work with the Missionary Society for Overseas Relief? Well, I always told them the same thing. The poor of the world have a thousand eloquent voices to speak for them besides tongues of their own. Orphans and mistreated children are popular causes with powerful organizations to protect their welfare and wealthy donors to rush to their defense. The relief of people oppressed by famine, flood, or disaster is the objective of scores of organizations with well-trained workers and millions of dollars at their disposal all over the world. But the voice speaking out in defense of the starved cow or the mongrel abandoned to scavenge for existence has always been a very small voice indeed. And that's where I choose to put my talents towards. Those are words to remember. That's again, you said, in uh, her uh, autobiography? Castles in the Air. And that's available at most libraries, too. You can um, go check that out. It's an interesting read. It's a lot of history. Oh, and if you have a second about history, I might throw something in. Irene Castle. Oh, she was married four times. Her third husband was a man by the name of Frederick McLaughlin. He came from Lake Forest, and um, he was a very wealthy coffee baron. He, in 1926, since he was also a hockey lover, he went out to Portland, uh, Oregon, and he purchased the Portland Rosebud hockey team, brought them to Chicago, renamed them the Blackhawks after his World War I artillery division, and then our founder, Irene, designed the Indian Head logo. Wow. Wow. You know, I never knew that's where the uh, the, the name Blackhawks came from. Yeah. Yeah. So Orphans of the Storm has so much history and it's all just as interesting. What's the future hold for Orphans of the Storm? Well, of course, we're going to continue to be the voice for the animals and the refuge for the spay and abandon. And uh, anyone who, any animal that makes it to our door will be taken in and we'll just continue with our mission. And on top of that, you know what, we're going to build on our humane education and um, with the students and the animal clubs and just be here to uh, help everyone find that perfect pet. Wow, that's amazing. Again, what's your website address? Oh, it's um, orphansofthestorm.org. We've also got .net, .com, you know, so whatever you put in, you're going to get to us. But on top, (laughs) you know what, besides our website, you might want to take a look at our Facebook page. It's earning quite a lot of likes, and um, there you can keep up day by day on what's happening at the animal shelter. Go to Facebook. I think you do www.facebook.com slash Orphans of the Storm. Or you can get there through the homepage on our Facebook also. 
And do you have any uh, events coming up or any fundraising or capital investment? You know what? We have events coming up every single weekend, and you can read about those on our Facebook page. But you can watch for us February 8th. We're going to be back at Northbrook Court with our own adoption storefront. So we'll be there for eight days during the Valentine's Day week. So um, that should drive some adopters into the shelters and um, get some more puppies into homes. Other than that, we'll be out around the community all the time. You never know where you'll see us. It's organizations like yours, small shelters, large shelters, that really hold the key to reducing that terrible number of an estimated 5,000 dogs a day that are still put down. Uh, and yes, yes, yes. You know what? I, we just need to spread the word about spay and neuter. If every single pet owner would spay and neuter, they would eventually put us out of business, which might not be a bad thing. Wow, wow. You know, it's uh, it'd be a great thing, I guess, if you were out of business. You'd have to find something else to do, though, Jackie. <laughs> I could go back to being a graphic designer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, time flies, and we're almost out of it. I, I want to thank you for being with us today, and uh, also thank the producers of Pet Life Radio for helping us on our debut show. Jackie, before you go, can you tell our listeners your website one more time <laughs> and um, anything else you want to say about adopting an animal, not only from orphans, but from any animal shelter, you know, because a lot of our listeners aren't within range of you. Yes. Well, what we tell people daily is when you're ready for your pet, when you're ready to add a pet to your family, before you go to a breeder or a pet store, consider saving a friend for life saving a life at an animal shelter. Not only are you saving a life by adopting that animal into your family, but you're making room at the shelter for us to save another life. And just keep this in mind. There are animal shelters in every community uh, nationwide. So as long as you rescue, you're doing a good thing. And our website, in case you want to come to Orphans of the Storm to take a look, and you can view the animals online also, is www.orphansofthestorm.org. Keith, thank you so much for inviting me. I love it. Oh, again, thank you, Jackie. You've been a fantastic guest. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. And thank you for listening to our audience to the debut episode of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. Please tell your friends about us. And if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, please email maxapooch at petliferadio.com. So until our next show, remember that Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates make our communities and our world a better and more humane places. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.